Recorded episode 68. I know, but things happen, and uh, yeah, we're getting down to we're counting down to episode 69. I'm pretty sure we were nice. gonna win a Marconi award for that. I know, or, or a <laughs> Webby or whatever they call them. So, was, was that some uh, was that flogging Molly? Is that what I heard? Uh, there? The Pogues is my favorite. The Pogues, okay, yeah, it's my absolute favorite band. And uh, is that your St. Patrick's Day treat for everyone? I guess so. Uh, I don't know, it was like. Originally, I had started this new format with the new, you know, got a new board, new equipment, and all this stuff was going to be around my birthday almost a month, yeah, like less, over a month ago, and yeah, shit just happened, and it happened, so anyway, so we're going to try some stuff, uh, I was inspired, uh, actually, I felt ashamed. It's experimental. I know, I, I honestly, <laughs> I felt ashamed after listening to History on the Table, like, oh my god, their production value is just insane like look at this they got fucking music and shit so i should probably they do but the problem is the the from what i hear when those guys are actually talking and getting ready they can't hear the music playing in like we just did so one of the co-hosts has to kind of imagine the music and wait till the episode actually who the fuck is that other guy with matt (laughs) he's terrible they should get rid of him he's awful i know awful i know but whatever all right so yeah here we are and I'm Adam, and my close personal friends, Richard and Roy, I are right here. And there you go. So, this is what Hey, everyone. Doing. This is Rich, coming from St. Louis, Missouri, just on the other side of uh, Missouri from Matt Peterson, host of History on the Table. Mm. <laughs> just up the river from uh, from Adam. Yeah. That so, is... he, he just stick a message in a bottle and chuck it in the river? That's right. That's how we communicate. I, oh, I send all, right. all my recordings down to him, and he picks them up about... How long do you think that would take? It's probably a day or two, Ooh. just floating on its own. I well, know. presuming that it didn't get like stuck in a eddy somewhere, I would say, yeah, two or three days maybe. Look, yeah. I have to throw out. So, this big Roy, net. Roy, you're gonna have to move to Montana so you can be at the head of the river. Oh, there you, you go. Yeah, you Montana. can send it down you the mean Missouri Minnesota? to me. No, oh, though I was thinking the Missouri. The Missouri, I think, starts in Montana or somewhere. Oh, does it? All right. Yeah, you can send it down to the Missouri to me, and then I'll kick it over to the Mississippi. So, uh, I grew up on the Mississippi, actually. Um, oh, yeah? Just north of you in Fort Madison, Iowa. Okay. Um, it's kind of the widest spot of the river, I think, because of all the dams and, and locks and everything. At that In that area, it's like two miles wide across uh, from, from Fort Madison across to Nauvoo, Illinois, which cool. is where the Mormons are from. Yeah, absolutely. I took some... Uh, uh, field trips there as a kid when i was in like fourth or fifth grade to kind of look at all the old timey stuff Mm -hmm. look a lot of people don't understand that the uh how wide the freaking river gets as as you go down it's just in saying that well it gets a mile wide 
you know, people are like, holy shit, it, it gets bigger than that. But yeah, it's the yeah. whole thing. And then you get down to like New Orleans and it kind of deltas out and curves around and everything. I took a cruise a few years ago and we left from New Orleans and it takes like a whole day to get from New Orleans to the ocean. It's crazy. Really? Like I mean, it's a, not really a whole day, but it's like 12, 8, 10, 12 hours or something. On a it's cruise crazy. ship, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize the cruises went out of... Uh, uh, they do, yeah. Yep. New Orleans is a port. It is like, uh, I think the, it's the main one for cruises. The past that you'll get over into Florida, I think. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. starting to come out of whatever. Anyway. And then some go out of Galveston too, I think, right? Probably. I think so, yeah. But that's Texas. Okay. I don't know. I don't ever get over there past like <laughs> Dallas. I don't know. Uh, the last time I headed over there was for, um, it was Constant World Dallas, and I was like, "Okay, I got to go over there. It's only like six hours away." And we went. That was in that was in the before days. Yeah, and uh, the big thing for me was like I wanted to try In and Out Burger, but uh, the night before we had went to some big barbecue place that was like supposed to be really nice and whatever, and he gave my friend like the shits, so <laughs> so we couldn't go to In and Out. He had to like stay by the toilet, you know all night so it was just a they have in and out in in dallas or in texas yes yes apparently oh, they do a, yeah because that's where my brother lives one. and that's oh, the okay. only time i've ever been there i had to wait 45 minutes the at the drive-thru yikes <laughs> i hear it's pretty epic though uh, look, it, was, I, it was fine i mean it, it was fine it was good it was a very good fast food burger but mm -hmm. i i don't think it was worth waiting 45 minutes for <laughs> okay well it, you guys have five guys Yes, we, we do, do. Yeah, we do. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay, Richard, you're saying we do, but okay, yeah. you, Richard, live <laughs> live in a major city. I li I live like in the fucking third world, you know, o over here. So well, you they've know. got a five the guys in Colombia, where Mizzou is, and Colombia is not that big. We we have a five guys here <laughs> in the area. And when it came in, it was like, wow, this is awesome. Let's let me mm -hmm. order this and blah blah blah, and it's like. Sir, that'll be like twenty three dollars for for <laughs> yeah. your combo here. And I've eaten there once, and I thought this. But is you do get good. a week's worth of French fries, so. But they taste like dirt. So they literally <laughs> taste like dirt. So you have to get the Cajun seasoning, so they taste better. And uh, brought to you by our new sponsor, Five Guys French Fries. Yes. So <laughs> I, you know, in learning that. And, and getting that done, I'm like, wow, this is like the best fast food hamburger I've ever had. However, it should be for what it cost. So yeah, I mean, they're burgers to get. If you get a double burger there, it's like nine fifty or something. So just for the burger. Yeah. So yes, you know it, it is probably the best fast food burger you can get, in my opinion. But it's a heck of a lot of money. Do you know what else has Cajun seasoning on it? What? <laughs> Zaps potato chip. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I sent Roy a just a massive pile of. I went to. A, I was like, how am I going to do this? I need to send it because we talked about this in the last show, and the show that didn't happen uh, last time about like eating zaps and uh, crawfish flavor and what that tasted like. So how I'm like, how do I do this? They have a bunch of them, and I'm like, I'll go fucking broke sending these big ass <laughs> bags of chips. So I went to a gas station. I'm like, holy shit, they have the small ones. So I bought up a whole bunch of them, threw them in a box, and sent them up there to Michigan. And uh, well, yeah. 
That, that was very kind of you. Thank you for those. Oh. We've got some really good ships in St. Louis, and I told my wife about the whole crawdad thing. She's like, oh, well, you ought to send them some of your ours. So you you two will be getting some good stuff from oh, me. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know this until I went into Academy Sports recently that they had crawfish-flavored uh, t- T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. since we've talked about this, like, Wait, was the T-shirt flavored? Because I only put it on. I didn't taste it. No, 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 no. You should you should have tasted it before you washed it. Now it's gone. Um, so I'm like, I yeah. So I'll send this. I'm like, I didn't even know they did this. I'm like, hell yeah, because we talked about this in the last 1.5 shows and whatever. So I'll send it up there and yeah. So there you go. And all your so, people will oh. see them and go like, oh, that's lob. That's a lobster, right, Richard? Roy? <laughs> like, no, it's a crawdad. So. Uh, you the one you you sent me has a bunch of instructions about pinching and sucking. So yes, uh, and look, that's like a big thing. I told you, like you know, crawfish is a whole culture down here. So that's like a whole other thing is the 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 pinch the tail, uh, you know, suck the head, you know, all that is yeah, it, mm-hmm. it translates pretty well onto t-shirts and shit. So there you go. <laughs> so I'm looking at my text chain here about uh, the. The potato chips and there's a, a variety of Zaps chips called Voodoo. Yep. And I, I said the Voodoo ones are smoky, sweet, and sour, which it's pretty good. And then Adam says, if you eat a whole bunch of them, they'll burn the skin off your tongue. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I said all all Voodoo spells require some hair or nail clippings or tongue skin to. I get that with salt and vinegar chips, though, too. I mean, they're really good, but if you eat too many salt and vinegar chips, your tongue will come off. Well, that's basically uh, Zap's Voodoo is is their version of salt and vinegar. So there you go. Mm. They're, um, yeah, kind of like along with eating Captain Crunch. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That, that's another thing. It's like, oh, I ate it and I got Captain Crunch mouth. It's it's the whole thing. And okay, you didn't like the Cajun onion, I think, or whatever. That's like one of my favorites. Is oh, is, is that it? one? Yeah, it's uh, it's more of. A well, I mean, they're of, okay. I know, but you but, know, it's just more of a sweet one, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, so, what would you say your favorite is out of all the ones I sent? Uh, you know, I think the evil eye. So I'm I'm looking at my notes here. Um, yeah, sweet and spicy. Of course, I think a lot of those chips, or most of them, I was looking at the ingredients, and maltodextrin I think is a sweetener. It's, yeah, it like is. all of them had a little bit of a of a of a sweet kind of edge to them. Um, I love how you've got tasting notes. I'm imagining you like opening the bag and smelling it, <laughs> spitting the chip out afterwards. And... Oh, hell no. I wouldn't spit that out. But... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I took notes. Be, well, because he said be sure to, uh, to uh, let him know, you know, how they let let Adam know how they are. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I took I took notes. And my daughter, Emma, you two met her at the con a couple of years ago right. um, mm-hmm. when she was little, like maybe five years old or something. We were at a Christmas party and she was bored and she took like three or four different kinds of chips and uh, poured them all onto one plate and mixed them up. And she blindfolded herself and she's sitting there at the Christmas party having blind taste testing, trying to figure out what's what. <laughs> She, she was an influencer before yeah. they were influencers. Yeah. Nice. All right. So we actually do a tabletop podcast, I think. But I don't think we're ready to. No, we talk about potato chips. I know. We haven't Potato hit. Oh, chips and about... auto mechanics. Are we so, going to talk about uh, TV shows, too? 
Uh, yeah, but listen, SiegeOfVicksburg.org, uh, first. Hey, you're um, taking this thing seriously, aren't you? You got, I, like, a board of directors and stuff. I know. You would think I was invested in it. Uh, I, <laughs> I met with, uh, Jack Green, who is a, um, a, uh, board game designer. He did, um, Iron Bottom Sound was the one he was, uh, mostly known for. Met with him this past weekend about it. He actually lives in Vicksburg. And so that's what made it really easy to be him be a guest of honor with it. Him and his wife came out, and we all had lunch, and, and uh, yeah, we just kind of talked about it and whatnot. So, yeah, I have got, I'm, I'm taking uh, reservations and, you know, whatnot. It's just interesting uh, to see, you know, all his suggestions, and yeah, so, you know, there you go. Hmm. And that's how you guys are talking about 18xx there now, too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm just opening it up to whatever. It's just tabletop gaming. And look, I said when we left, I was like, look, if it turns into a huge furry convention, as as (laughs) As long as as they pay, as long as their check clears, I don't give a shit. You know, whatever. I'll do that. I'll run that from here on out. It's like, look, okay, my furry convention is coming up and so I'm going to advertise it and whatever. And, you know, cause I'm making like, you know, $9,000 on it every year. Well, I'll do it. Whatever. It's, it's this thing. I don't care. So with this it's one, like that, that one picture of, uh, the, all the furries taking a group picture and the one stormtrooper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause they're like, well, what, what is it? What that guy's you... in the wrong place. Yeah. It's like, what, what kind of thing do you want to do? I'm like, I want to do whatever it is that I can operate in the black. I really don't care. It's, it's like, you know, hey, I love miniature gaming and I'm, I'm hoping there's some big miniature events there, like a, a you know, a 60 man tournament for whatever. But if that doesn't happen, I'm okay with that. But, you know, that's I'm going to go with all I know, and if that doesn't happen, yeah, whatever. It's it's a thing. So, going to keep going. Like I said, no excuse for Richard not arriving, because it's, it's not a far drive for him, but yeah. Well, the excuse is that I've already got two this year, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but I w- wish you the best. I, I, I honestly would like to come, but can't do everything. I'm uh, already, I've already cut one that... Because I was going to do a couple di- last year and a different one this year, and obviously the two from last year got postponed to this year. So, ah, uh, well, if I get that uh, Roger, what's his name from uh, GMT to finally put Roger some, McGowan, yeah, put some artwork out there for me to give away. Yeah, okay. Anyway, all right, <laughs> you so, can still give me the artwork. That's true. <laughs> you got to win it though. Uh, what are we thinking of uh, TV show wise? I know. Oh, uh... I, I know. I have been talking a lot about for all mankind, and I love the. That's on Apple TV, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I saw that. I finally got a little round to watching uh, Greyhound, and I saw for all mankind on there. Oh, did you? You have a Apple TV account now? Yeah, I bought my daughter a phone, and I got it for a year for free. Oh, so. okay. Yep. Yeah. So I'm I'm finally current with that now with for all mankind and i just the writing on it is just i think is so great and the attention to their sets and there's a there's actually there's a making of um the kind of building the world and so their their uh um mission command is like uh, authentic to back in the day back to the 1960s 
So like all of the people, and I've mentioned this before, all the people that are were part of the space uh, program back then are part of this space program. So all the people that you, you know, these names that you hear, like Sally Ride shows up in the second season. So I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I I think I am two or three episodes behind. But, I mean, yeah, I freaking love this thing because I love the space race. I love the Cold War and, you know, all this mm-hmm. different stuff they've, they've done. So, And the, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, how I was very curious to see how they did the 80s. And, you know, well, is the Challenger going to blow up or not and whatnot? Yep. And, yeah. So I was learning about that, too. That would have been in 85, I think, is when the Challenger happened. Yeah. I think it was 86. That... Okay. Yeah, it was around then, though. Yeah. So the our current year, I believe, is 1983 or 84. In the as far as we're as long as we are now, you should but it's kind them. of <laughs> it is kind of interesting to like the the dichotomy between this is their history compared to this is our history. So like, where are we at in in our history compared to here? So like, yeah, I was 13 years old then. I don't know. It's but anyway, I I, I enjoy all the characters in it too. Oh yeah, okay. Some of them have completely become characters damn i'm i'm so shitty with names uh uh, but you know the guy that hates redheads and just he's the one that's deciding who becomes an astronaut he's also oh ed yeah yeah yeah. oh yes ed and then uh his um overweight uh alcoholic friend that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah gordo yeah Yeah, gordo yes yes him and yeah he's and gordo's ex-wife is all fantastic and yeah anyway so, uh, the, um, so Karen, I, I really like Karen as Ed's wife and kind of the, the, um, her, her journey as a person, I think is really awesome from being just this, you know, proper astronaut's wife to who she is today in the so in these latest episodes. You mentioned Sally Wright earlier. How many of these people are based off of real people? One, All of them? Some one, of them? Yes. 100%. They, okay. But interesting. It, it's an See, al- that's that's kind of weird though, because you've got real people but alternate history. Yes, somebody's mm-hmm. gonna get annoyed. <laughs> eh, I mean, you, you kind of have to take it for what it is. It is alternate history, and yeah, it's it's these huh. people that existed and and whatnot, and yeah. Interesting. So I look. I absolutely love the Reddit discussions because they educate me. They're like, oh yeah, the Jim Bob who was in, prominent in this episode, really was a guy, and this, that, and the other, and this is what oh, he I did, and yeah. I have not looked at any of the Reddit stuff about it. They have been... I'll have to check that out. Yeah, they've been very educational for me to oh. uh, to know who did what, and, you know, what it was, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's cool that they did this, and blah, 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 and yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, I, yeah, I really went in there with low expectations, but I really, really dig that show. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I said, I am three or four episodes behind, and I need to um, get on it. So, yeah. Mm. Okay. And then, <laughs> so, do we want to go to... Well, okay, do you want to talk about The Expanse now? No, I was just... I'm about halfway through season three right now. It's getting... It's 
it's been good all the way through. Um, it's just, it's everyone told me for a while, you got to watch this. It's really good. And everyone mm. was right. It's really, really good. So it's getting really weird now because they've actually like making contact with the proto molecule now. So it's getting weird and interesting. And, uh, I just, I just oh. love the characters in it. I, I think that Amos is one of the most interesting characters in any TV show I've ever seen. He's like a psychopath, but fascinating to see him just act like a sort of normal person. And so I, I've I the seen show. the first season. Okay. And who is Amos? He's the, uh, like the big strong guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. As fascinating as him as a character, because that becomes a, like a thing is like his character. Yeah. He's, totally fucked up he's yeah. he's totally broken as a person it's like he doesn't understand like the difference between right and wrong yeah i mean he's literally a psychopath so mm. he knows and although he's good quote unquote enough yeah. <laughs> enough to understand that like you hey, want him on your side that i i will <laughs> attach myself to someone who I think is good and I will just let them run things or do what they think is, is right. So yeah, yeah, that, that part is just absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah. No spoilers or anything, but there was a a character that Amos met and I mean, he was literally with him for a while. Oh, you dropped out there a little bit. I was gone. And Amos then described him as my best friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Do it again, because you dropped out. Saying that, uh, so Amos... Wow, Roy, it's like, he gets really excited about so Amos. And they and... go through some stuff together. Okay. okay. And then Rich, Amos they... described that guy as his best friend in the whole wide world. Look, okay, Richard, apparently the government doesn't want you to talk about that part. <laughs> Because they keep well, they, they cut, keep, you're cutting out all the spoilers. They keep censoring it. They're like, no, 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 you can't talk about that. Uh, I know what you're talking I about. I think the Martians are blocking our comms. So yeah, when <laughs> uh, yeah, I I fucking love that part where where he's like, uh, you know, I was like, oh yeah, this is Jim Bob over here. He's my best friend in the world. I want yeah. you to stay with him <laughs> while I go over here and do this. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> and he has some of the Amos has some of the best freaking lines. Oh, in yeah. the whole yeah. show. And uh, what did it start with Netflix? And then they dropped it. And then what was it? Amazon picked it up? It's on Amazon now. I I think it was a sci-fi channel that it started out on. It's on Amazon Prime now. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently, It's really good, though. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's... And from what I hear, it really, I mean, I've trying not to get spoilers or anything, but there's still a few seasons to go and it's really just going to take off from here as far as physically where the show takes place. So, mm. uh, yeah, it, it's been interesting to me because like my brother doesn't normally read stuff, but yeah. he has absolutely loved the expanse and has completely devoured every single, uh, novel and short story and, you know, all the stuff and just jump, you know, both feet in with it. So I actually have to ask him questions like, Oh wait, what yeah. about, what about this? And you know, how was so that? So this is, feels like a dumb question, but if you've seen the show, is it worth it to then go back and w- read the books afterwards? Uh, Cause usually you would do it the other way. You'd read the books and then see the show. But if you've already seen the show, 
I think so because uh, yeah. like most things, the um, the show you see and the uh, the the book are different. You know, just like okay. either a little bit or a lot bit. So whatever. You know. Anyway, but most importantly, Roy has started watching Mythic Quest. <laughs> oh goddamn! That's a funny show. Yes, it's, I told you. I fucking told you. It's the greatest fucking thing ever. I love it. Yes, it's it's a total send up of uh, of Blizzard and World of Warcraft and MMOs in general, and it's it kind of is about their office and all the the I don't know the there's the the one assistant who's kind of a psychopath. That I mean, so you know, it's they, about the company, not the players. It's not like the guild. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the the first episode, the uh, they're they're uh, having this big rollout of a of another expansion, and the one the head software designer says, "I we need a shovel. We need to add a shovel into the game um, that we can so you can like terraform and stuff." And everybody else keeps on crapping on it, like that like shovel's kind of boring. So like the the lead um, visionary guy, Ian, is played by Rob McElhenney. That would and, be and Mac from It's Always Sunny. True, yes. And so he's like, I don't know, Poppy. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't have enough to it. So they they go round and round about how to how to make the shovel better and and uh, well, you know, if somebody has a shovel, they're going to use it to to dig a dick. So they're like made <laughs> dicks in the ground, and at some point, somebody was digging swastikas. Um, I guess it was a later episode, but anyway. It and it really it it, it uh, kind of pokes at YouTube streamers too because there's a character by the name of Pooty Shoe, <laughs> who is this this 14 year old streamer, and like his his word is is law when it comes to whether a, a game is going to be good or not. So, yes, I've been enjoying Mythic Quest as well. Yes, and is this uh, where do you watch that? That's on Apple TV. Apple TV. Okay, got it. Yeah. It's got all these new Apple TV shows they need to watch now. <laughs> uh, okay. If you have Apple TV, I would also recommend um, that come at, uh, C. C was really good. And uh, then Servant is really good because it's done by uh, M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong. So, yep. That, that looked all right, too. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I guess we'll talk about Marlena's Bistro at some other point. That's a teaser. And if we talked about sure. zaps, all right. Roy, what have you been playing lately? So uh, a lot of these games I've been playing on Board Game Arena. Um, so we just finished up City of the Big Shoulders, which is a stock manipulation game. Uh, and I did predictably poorly at that. Um, and so it's set in Chicago after the fire. And you have a company that you are developing... Um, you set a stock price for it and then you put it out there and you, you run the company and, and produce the, uh, whatever goods it does. And, and so you're basically, you're, you're trying to manipulate the stock so that you can squeeze the most money out of it. You can also buy stock in other people's companies. So it's, um, I've heard is a little bit like 18 double X, like 18 double X is, is, uh, I guess at its core, a stock manipulation game. Does that sound right? I'm going to say yes. Okay. 
Um, so finished up a game of that, and I'm currently in the game in the in the middle of a game of I'm just gonna put it out there. Oriflam. That's O R I F L A M M E. It's a French word, and I believe it means uh, flaming gold. I'm not sure though. And it is a um, it's kind of a role selection game, and so it's uh, you're gonna lay cards. You have a hand of cards, and I believe everybody's hand of cards is the same. And so you're gonna take like the spy. You put the spy face down in the queue. And so you're building this queue of characters. Some cards are face, all cards start face down. And then if you choose to reveal it, you can flip it and do its effect. Uh, so like the spy says, I'm going to steal an influence from somebody next to me. And so you're laying down cards into a queue. And, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the, uh, what the end game goal is, but it's, uh, the artwork is very nice. Um, and, so where's uh, the name come from? It's, Golden I don't know, it's, burning it's or whatever. No, well, I mean, but does it make oh, it's, any sense? It's so it's about uh, you know taking over the throne, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, players find themselves in the middle of a medieval feud over the French royal crown. The king is dead. Long live the king! As heads of influential flam- families, the players strive to come to power with cunning and malice, power and strength, virtue and infamy. So you're trying to take the throne. And I'm presuming that whoever has the most influence at the end of the game takes over the throne, but I'm not for sure about, about that. I'm just in the very first uh, uh, stages of this game. Uh, and then I played a game called Hawaii, or I'm actually in, in the process of playing that right now. This is a Z-Man game. I'm sorry, it's a real grand game. Uh, and you are exploring islands around uh, the Hawaiian archipelago. Um so you have you're the leader of a tribe and you um, are collecting huts to go into your villages and get up to a certain level. So like there's five spots for villages uh, and that goes vertically on your player mat. And then at the top, there's the, the tiki line. So you're building up little tiki heads uh, and you're building that from right to left. You're building your um, villages from left to right. And so the tiki's have to be at least as far as your um, number of buildings you have for that, that village to score. So you, you kind of tromp around the island. You have to spend feet to go to the different locations on the islands. Um, and then you're going to pay for the buildings either with shells or sometimes with fruit. Um, so it's, I'm still kind of trying to feel my way around this game Hawaii, or Hawaii if you want to be <laughs> pedantic. Um, so uh, yeah, that's I've been playing that, and then I've been playing uh, been play playing a game called The Builders, which is kind of fits into the. Uh, actually, I'm going to talk about the, the two games here together. The Builders and Oh My Goods are both. Uh, kind of small footprint cafe type games, and so it's uh, in both of them you're kind of you're building up your tableau of cards, and then you're going to power your different buildings to produce goods. Uh, at least in Oh My Goods and Builders, you're just building the buildings. Um, so you like for Builders, you say, okay, I have an apprentice, and a, and and this apprentice does well with. Um, 
plumbing and engineering and mining, I guess. So they have ticks in those three different places. All the different buildings have, there's four different categories so that it'll have um, different levels of expertise that it requires. So like to build the, uh, the, the covered bridge, you need like two wood and a masonry um, to build that. So you, you recruit workers to go and build those buildings that have those, those skills, you know, in, in, um, in, you know, wood cutting and masonry. And then you built the bridge, and that gives you a certain amount of points. So you're 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 accumulating victory points, and once somebody's to 17 points, then that triggers game end, and whoever has the highest number of points then is the winner. So that's the builders. And then oh my goods is very similar in that you ha- you start out with a charcoal burner, and the the charcoal that comes off of there, each charcoal is worth one one dollar essentially to go and build an, uh, another building. So you're you're spending goods to build other buildings, which they can then, um, if you're lucky, chain things together. So there's a little bit of a press your luck dynamic in that you open the market and you start laying out cards until you have two sun symbols and then the market's open. So like you look at your cards in hand and look at how, what commodities have come out. And if you if everything that you want is there then you're golden you can play whatever but if you're missing like one it's kind of a gamble that like well there's going to be some more goods come out later and is it going to be the type of good that i need to make um to build this building and if you if you don't have the goods to build it well then you're stuck you have to discard that card and and go on um i've got to say they get my vote for uh you know most unique game name oh my goods yeah oh yeah <laughs> you've got me there so yeah just puts it in there and there you go so mm. um let's see and then oh i guess that's what i've been playing adam what you up to uh you know i've been playing star wars legion and uh continuing in our league game although you know on one hand it's really interesting because it's like oh my gosh adam's like number two in the whole shebang. What to do with that? And I'm like, I really don't fucking know. And, uh, and the other hand, it's like, hey, uh, Leeches is dying in my uh, area. I don't know if there's any correlation. They're like, oh my gosh, is this, if this has gotten as easy enough for Adam to win at it, <laughs> we've got to fucking stop playing it because this fucking sucks. So uh, you're start you're literally starting to see this. It's fascinating to me. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm literally watching a game die. Uh, I'm, <laughs> it is. I, I'm seeing guys go, locally. He means yeah. Uh, it's just locally. You know, it's anecdotally. Yeah. It's it's locally. You know, it's just laser focused into this one section in the greater Jackson, Mississippi area. And so I'm seeing it, and people are just like, eh, I'm just kind of getting tired of, you know, playing Legion. Uh, you know, I kind of want to play, you know, Armada or, you know, whatever. And it's like, hey, guys, remember X-Wing? That was kind of a cool game. And, you know, so, yeah, I'm seeing it die in real time. It's just fascinating to me, you know. So, I don't know. Uh, past that, I have been playing the hell out of the uh, electronic version of Pavlov's house, 
Yeah, you haven't been texting me, so does that mean you're doing better? Uh, yeah, I am. It's like, look, <laughs> I, I've been like Richard's uh, mentally uh, pro- <laughs> problem son or brother or whatever. I keep texting him like, Richard, why are the Stukas being mean to me? I, <laughs> I, I do not understand. It, this is happening. Please help. And he's like, well, you know, are you doing this? No. No, I wasn't. Okay, I will do that now. It's like, oh, look, much better, Richard. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I feel bad because, I mean, honestly, it's my it's my thing. It's like, you know, I... I mean, it's a hard game. Though. Like, the highest score that I've ever gotten in that game is like 14 or something. So I usually lose, and if I win, it's usually like a minor victory with five points or something. I mean, for me, I approach games just Leroy Jenkins style. I'm like, yeah, woo, <laughs> let's play this. Yeah. Oh, you got all the heavy machine guns in the building. <laughs> it's like, you got a tutorial? What? You know, here I come. Woo. It's like, I'm going to grab this mortar and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like, well, did you get two people to operate it? Did you get ammo? <laughs> No, I didn't know. I needed, yeah, I you've got you've got a mortar, but you got no suppression tokens. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, it's it's absolutely fun as hell. You can get it on iOS or you can get it on Steam. I bought. I enjoyed it so fucking much. I bought both of it. So you know, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's a good game. I like it. And then past that, I've been playing Mutant Grawl Classics. Uh, this uh thing we've been playing is called quote Life Finds a Way. And it's about us going to this island to try to retrieve a smart lizard, quote-unquote, from uh, people that are on that for this guy that we accidentally killed his smart lizard. And, uh, yeah. It's been a hell, it's, look, it's been a hell of a lot of fun. I streamed the last one. And it was nice because I was like, guys, do you mind, you know, if I do this? And they're like, ah, no, we don't give a shit. So, you know, it's a Twitch tv slash chance of gaming and uh yeah it is the perfect fucking group and we're all in sync with the way we're playing this they're you know we're just having fun and if you watch my live stream or the replay of it it's i'm cutting back and forth between the discord chat of us posting memes and videos and whatever to what we're actually playing so yeah it's just a lot of fun and uh, I'm enjoying it. I look forward to every Wednesday. We spent about three hours trying to uh, settle the conflict between Mr. DNA and uh, Malcolm. So, you know, there you go. But, you know. Oh, Richard, since you've been playing Psychic Gahara. Yeah. Uh, I have. Uh, I noticed that when I finally finished watching the Netflix show. And, yeah, I'm like, they were like, Psychic Gahara. And I was like, ah, yes, I know that. <laughs> I know that. It's yeah, like, it's it's funny because that's what made me want to play it again. I mean, I I play it fairly regularly anyway. I played it a few months ago and played it again after I saw the Netflix special. But one thing I thought was interesting is I I knew a little bit about the battle and everything, but not that much. But then watching the Netflix, so I'm like sitting there with my my board game. I'm like pausing the Netflix screen to see where the battle took place and everything, and I'm like. Well, that's in a valley in between the roads. You can't even fight the Battle of Sekigahara in the game of Sekigahara because it takes place in a place where you can't fight a battle. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did play Sekigahara again. It's a fun game. It's a it's a GMT block game. Uh, two player, one player plays. Uh, oh, 
it's not that I can't pronounce her names. I can't remember. Tokugawa is one and Ishimura or Ishida. Ishida is the other one. So you play the two sides and it's a, it's a card game and a block game together. There's no dice involved at all. But basically you move your forces around and when you get to the battles, you slowly turn over your blocks one at a time to reveal what forces you have. But you also have the car- have to have the cards. So you might have like this big stack of blocks with all these terrible armies that are super powerful. And if you don't have the corresponding cards in your hand, there's nothing you can do with them. So it's, it's a fun game as far as strategy. Um, I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily like high military strategy or anything like that. It's essentially a card game, but it is a lot of fun. And if both players know the rules, it plays pretty quickly and definitely in less than two hours. So, well, I will say my thing is in watching the Netflix special, it was like, uh, the guy that was supposed to wait for something on the Hill was a traitor. Yes. And that, and yeah, so there are loyalty cards in the game too, which when we were playing the game, I was like, I played a card. I'm like, see this guy right here? That's the guy that they were talking about when they said that they were traitors. And um, so you can play a loyalty card when someone plays their card. And you can know, no, they're actually going to fight for me this battle, not for you. So there, that is a, a big part of the game as well. Okay. So, like, the absolute big thing for me is um, it allows me to watch this anime called Oba Cinnamon Nobunaga. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, Which Nobunaga was the guy, like, a generation before that kind of started the whole thing. Well, yeah, he's the guy that started it. It wasn't necessarily a generation. It was just a few years ago. Uh, Well, I mean, he wasn't involved in the Battle of Sekigar. No, no. That's what I meant. Because he was dead. And, yeah, yeah, it's this... Okay, and and this anime lets me know that there is literally... uh, When they do anime pitches... There's no bad ideas because <laughs> because for whatever reason they decided to uh you know do an anime about uh, uh guys in the history of Japan get reincarnated as dogs and it's a whole thing. So, <laughs> so anyway, I'm I'm watching. It allowed me to watch that and go like, oh yeah, I know who that guy is. Oh yeah, that guy only has one eye. I understand that and. <laughs> You know, there you go. So anyway, yeah, there were some cool names. There was like the, the the king of seven devils or something like that. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a, a an end boss in an RPG or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also played another game. Not didn't take place across the uh, across the ocean, but right here, not too far away, uh, Thunder in the Ozarks, which is a Civil War game. Um, on the Battle of Pea Ridge, which is in, like in northern Arkansas, not too far from where I live, um, and it's a it's a good game. Um, it's a it's a chit pull game, which I really like. Um, it's a Herman Lutman game. He's got actually a series of games in the same. It's called the Blind Sword series. If you've ever heard of uh, At Any Cost Mets, uh, Thunder in the Ozarks, Longstreet Attacks, and there's at least one other in the series as well, but they're all chit pull games and, and good games. Um, I enjoy the game quite a bit. The only thing is I just really hate the map. I hate the map on this game. So it, it bothers me every time I play it. So <laughs> it's just, it's very, it's, it's very detailed. The map it's got like individually drawn trees and stuff like that. And there's a lot of contours, which, you know, 
that's the way the battlefield was. I'm not complaining about that, but sometimes it's really hard to determine line of sight in that game because the map is so busy. And because it is a tactical game, and because I need to know if my cannons can see you, line of sight is important. And I think it would be better if it had a map that was a little easier to read. Okay. Hmm. All right. And then I've also been playing Downtown. Uh, it's a, it's a part of... I don't know if you technically call this a series. I would, but they're by different designers, but it's still kind of the same series. It's the same one as Bloody April and Red Storm and Elusive Victory is the fourth one. But Downtown takes place in Vietnam. It's the air war over Hanoi. Uh, One side plays the U.S., the other side plays the North Vietnamese. And you're basically just sending in airplanes to bomb targets. And the the Vietnamese are sending up, you know, fighters to try to shoot them down and surface-to-air missiles and anti-aircraft. It's all about raid planning, um, and it's it's one of my favorite games in the whole wide world. It's I like it. I think even more than Red Storm, just because it's a little less fiddly than Red Storm. Um, but I've talked before about how much I love Red Storm. So, Downtown is a, a great great game. And then for RPGs, I'm still playing Warhammer Fantasy RPG, and I also started playing just a one-on-one D&D game with my daughter. Um, so that's kind of fun. She's really excited about that. She rolled up a, uh, a tiefling ranger. She thought they looked Oh, cool. I, I saw that uh, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that's fun. And we're going to play our third session, I think, uh, tomorrow. So. Cool. so what is a tiefling? Uh, it's like a it, sort of, it's like a, it's got demon blood in it. All right, let's do it. All right, so uh, the next thing we've got is a sponsorship from Mike at AlterDementia.com, and you can see this in the show notes because it's spelled kind of weird. And, uh, yeah, we've been, you know, getting some kind of stuff printed here and there. And, uh, Rich, uh, what have you been emailing him about to get printed? Yeah, I've just been looking for some Star Wars terrain. I want to get a table's worth of Legion terrain, so I've been emailing him back and forth about that and haven't decided exactly what I want to get yet, but he's been pointing me in the right direction for some stuff. So so I, I posted a link there for the December mini subscription models. The um, the the figure of the, um, what is it, a dead orc? It's a it's an orc that's laying against a rock with all of his guts pouring out. It's kind of a cool looking figure. <laughs> oh well, okay. He, it's only <laughs> he's, a, he's trying to hold his intestines in. It's only a flesh wound. <laughs> so yeah. So all right, but yeah, Mike will take care of whatever you need. It, he has stuff if you want it printed. If you have an STL file, he'll print it up and ship it to you. It's the whole thing. And uh, yeah. And if you're not sure what you want, email him. That's what I've been doing, because, you know, he's got even more than is on his website. He's got agreement with some other people that have some designs that he can print as well. And you'll see this in the show notes and you can always use the uh, discount code COG 2013. Was it 2013? 2013. I think it's 2019. Sorry, 2019. 2019. It was another odd number. And uh, yeah. He'll help you out. So, there you go. So, on to uh, what's on our radar. The first thing we have is The War on the Ground, which is a rulebook coming from Victrix Limited. 
They uh, put out a lot of little plastic uh, 12 millimeter, 28, uh, World War II, 28 millimeter. Well, pretty small. It, well, yeah. Uh, 28 millimeter Ancients, 28 millimeter Dark Ages, Napoleonics, and etc. They're kind of well known in the business, and they decided to put out their own World War II war game rules. And uh, it's 13 pounds, which is probably around 16 bucks. And uh, yeah. Just take a look at the show notes, and uh, you can get the PDF for that, and uh, kind of go from there. And uh, the next one we had, which was uh, something that was fascinating, and I have to click on this like really quick to make sure it's not uh, finished. No, I know. As, I know we talked about this one. Is this from our hidden episode? Yes, we talked about this okay. on the episode. <laughs> it didn't happen. And uh, as of we recording this podcast, you got three days left to go. So by the time you hear this, you got two days left to go. So look at the show notes and hop on it if you want to use it. It's called Amending. It's a solo keepsake game about a journey to visit a dear and distant friend, maybe in Michigan, I don't know, using <laughs> sewing, map, anointing, annotating, ever how you pronounce that, and story building mechanics. And so, yeah, that'd be fascinating. Like, the travel from Mississippi to Michigan. It's like, I stopped at this weird um, gas station in Michigan. And, yeah, I was sexually harassed as I got the thing. But they had good barbecue sauce. So, you know, I don't know. Be a whole thing. And you bought the hot dog. Yes. And the hot and it made me sick. And it was I hallucinated this journey. And by the time I woke up, I was in Iowa. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's a really weird thing. But anyway, the whole reason why I tossed this on here, I thought it was neat because it's cross-stitch. And, you know, cross-stitch is, you know, anything that you can actually make a map. Because I'm a huge, huge sucker for a cloth map. And uh, that's kind of what you do in this whole thing. So... I'm just kind of toss it on here. Let's see. For 15 bucks, yeah, that's the, cool. the digital version and the $25, no sewing. All right. So, 50 bucks, you can actually sew it. You get the 48 card story building deck, a paper map, an instruction book, and a cloth map, fabric carrying case, some surprises with an exclamation point. Don't know what that means. Could be chlamydia, maybe not. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, digital game files. So there you go. I I mean, okay. They just, you know, they got my attention with this just in the fact that it's very unique. The fact that, you, you know, it was just, you know, something. It's just different, you know. The fact that it's a game, it's a cross-stitch, you know. Okay. You know, I'll mm-hmm. give them that. And as of, you know, this podcast recording um i mean they've well made it they wanted the look they wanted a measly a fucking measly 12 grand and as of us recording this for the albeit for the second time they have achieved one hundred and forty one thousand dollars for this with over two thousand backers so you know you want to jump in on this it's neat and uh there you go uh, I have a really geeky uh, uh, kid that might really like this, and uh, maybe I'll grab it for her. So, there you go. The estimated delivery is July 2021. Ships to anywhere in the world, and uh, yeah, there you go. So, anyway. Uh, the next thing we have on What's On Your Radar is the Airship Campaigns RPG. And again, this is one because we did this 
you know, a week or so ago. Okay, you got ten days left to go. They wanted a measly thirty-five grand. As of this podcast, with ten days left to go, they are close to a quarter of a million dollars for this. I don't know. Look, look. Yeah, look at the minis, though. I mean, people are going to pay for that. Oh well, uh, yeah, there are minis. There are also STL files that you can get. And uh, look, uh, in doing this podcast, I I don't understand, and I could never actually, you know, be a consultant to tell people what works and what doesn't. What the reason why people jump on podcasts? Uh, I'm sorry, jump on Kickstarters or, or or not? But yeah. So for fifty five grand Canadian, you can get seventy STL files, and uh, yeah, some of them are really really neat, and uh, yeah. Nothing crazy on the back end. There's some early bird stuff. But still, yeah, this is the whole thing with, I guess we should talk more about it. This is the airship campaigns for a, uh, it gives you 5th edition rules for a um, thing that uh, they comes from Arcane Minis, but they already put it out. It's from the Skies of Sordain. Look, I can't help you with your, you know, whatever name you come up with this yes uh, i'll just say it's your own world and now you want to put out like miniatures and whatnot for it and you know here it is and uh yeah so a lot of cool so stuff this looks like a role-playing game that it has is, some some tactical elements to it it's an expansion for a role-playing game a for a already successful kickstarter about okay. this role-playing world with, you know, it's we're in the sky, you know, we're flying around and, you know, whatnot. And so, not only here are the rules where you can role-play this, here are the STL files and or the actual miniatures where we can sell them to you or here's just the STLs where you can print them out yourself. And, uh, yeah. And you can continue to play in our little world. So, and this comes from Arcane Minis. Look, some of the actual, like, little robots I find fascinating. And damn it, we talked about this last time, and I hate fucking repeating this, but, you know, the general public didn't, you know, hear it, but, you know, here it is. Uh, the little flying robots that, you know, that are sweeping, mopping, and whatever, and the ones that are playing, you know, guitar or wearing witch hats with a candle, and yeah, so... Or just carrying firewood. You know, that's the thing. I think it's really neat. And I kind of want to back this just based on the files that I can use and print out for other stuff. So, you know, there you go. Mm -hmm. Ah, anyway. Uh, The next thing we had was somebody tell me about Descent Legends of the Dark. Because I didn't put this on here, did I? Must have been you, wasn't me. Dad, descent is a dungeon like, crawler, right? Dad, it is. Yeah, it's the same basic system as Imperial Assault if you played that one. But descent has a lot more expansions and stuff to it. Dad, I'm gonna have to edit this. All right. So, uh, yeah, this is essentially the third version of Descent, and I think they uh, kickstarted this. Not quite sure, but anyway, it was going to come to retail, and it arrived at Minister Market. With a MSRP of 175, but you can get it from them for 140, which is 
probably about what 10 to 20 percent off and anyway it's a really popular dungeon crawler rule set and uh yeah this mm-hmm. is the new version of course as you you know take a look at this from this podcast it is currently out of stock and uh yeah you'll have to wait till it comes back it's, well it's a uh, it says pre-order though right Oh no, wait. what am I missing? Yep. They no. might have sold out their pre-orders too, though. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I think that's what it is. Uh, although the release date was from July to September of 2021, and so yeah, it seems like we covered this. I remember it being a Kickstarter, and uh, yeah, it's just not available yet. And uh, you know, I, I okay, I don't remember seeing anybody talking about receiving their kickstarters for this but that doesn't mean anything you know it uh just means i haven't seen it so yeah uh and i guess so that reminds me that the retail version of this will be at the later of this year so you know just neat i still have the sixth i'm sorry the second edition of it and uh have yet to get it to the table which is no surprise given (laughs) me and uh yeah so We'll just see from there. And uh, on to our next thing, which would be The Dark, The Devout, and The Heroic from Oathsworn Miniatures. This is You're a co- sucker for these guys. I am. I you know I really dig it. This is the uh, Burrows and Badgers anthropomorphic skirmish game. And this adds undead witch hunters and heroes. So come on. Who would want undead furries in their twenty-eight so, millimeter game? So, is this the same game that uh, Rich pulled a um, his Twitter avatar from at one point? That Probably. was, I think, that uh, was usually, kind of a uh, like a World War Two era. Yeah, that was a different one, but I okay. I think I have done one of these as well. Okay, but I don't see any really good pictures because it's still coming soon. I'll have to wait till I get a better picture of one of these mm-hmm. before I switch yeah. over again. Yep. Mm. I want a nice notify me on launch. Mm-hmm. I know you can are <laughs> like, Oh, are you going to back this? No, I just want a picture for Twitter. I know. <laughs> well, may, maybe you will. Maybe they'll put something out and be like, Oh my gosh, that is just amazing. <laughs> you know, I have to back this. So I don't know. Uh, the next thing we had is duck Borg. I look, I know in this uh, podcast, we talk a lot, a lot about Mortborg. Uh, for some people, for some people who have never played it, but there is uh, somebody decided to do an um, itch.io game based on uh, what is that uh, cartoon? Ducktales. Duck yeah, Ducktales. Yes, they brought Ducktales <laughs> into Morkborg, and uh, there you go. And as of this podcast, you can get this uh, module for six bucks, which is half off. Hopefully it'll still be there when you uh, go over there and take a look at it. And uh, yeah, man, and I, look, I'm still waiting on I think one to three Kickstarters to finish before I start actually playing this game and uh, talking more about it. But I mean, at least we talk about it in the news and uh, or radar and like this one. So yeah, I completely agree that this could be. DuckTales Borg would work with the system, and uh, yeah, there you go. So, 
<laughs> I just want to know, does it have Gizmo Duck? You know, the guy that rolls around, the big robot duck, you know, rolling around on one wheel, killing people and stuff. I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, and I, I'm, I'm waiting for authorization to use this person's name. Um, so I have a friend that's on itch.io also, uh, and he has a game that is, well, he actually has got a few games on there. Um, but one of them is called Forest Outlaws, and it is a, it's really reading through the rule book. Uh, it's really kind of a, um, I guess if you want to call it kind of a pass the stick kind of a role-playing game. Where it's all like it's, I think it's very narrative, and the uh, there's the die rolls are really just to kind of drive the the conversation. Um, but so, Forced Outlaws is a it's a Robin Hood um, sort of role playing game uh, that he's come up with, and um, uh, what the heck? Uh, so yeah, so my friend's name is Shannon. Um, sorry, I'm thinking about confidentiality here. Look, I know who you're talking about, and like, uh, he's a guy that comments a lot on the things I post on Twitter. So, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I know who you're talking about. Okay, so anyway, it's. Uh, do you guys know anything about itch.io? I've I've looked into it a little bit. Um, no, yeah, I it's just a lot of... just heard about it tonight. It, yeah, it's a uh, a place for kind of indie um, uh, places to do you know do stuff. If you want to put your role playing game out or your video game or both, you know, in a kind of indie, uh, you know, level. It's like, yeah, they, they're they there. So, so uh, okay, I will say this. If you go onto itch.io and you search for Forest Outlaws, you can probably find uh, find all of this, my friend's games. Um, so, yeah, there you go. All right, you, but you, you haven't played it. You don't know. I have why. not. No. Okay. All right. But he he sent me kind of a, a quote unquote advanced copy to look through. All right. Given the amount that he comments on the stuff I post, we're just gonna say like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's what we're gonna say. You just just go in. It's <laughs> like, yes, this is it. You want to you know do this? Check a take a look at it, and you know there you go. So yeah. Anyway, uh, the next one we have is the King's Dilemma. Oh, yes. So it is a renewal season at my FLGS where I have to spend some amount of money to to kind of maintain my membership. And so one of the games I'm looking at is The King's Dilemma, which I've talked about before. And it seems to be, in my opinion, kind of a fascinating legacy style game uh, in which you are the advisors to the king. And so... um, you know, it's kind of a, a, a preloaded deck, and you know, well, here's the here's the first thing that we're we're voting on, and so there's they they give you the scenario: should we send the troops to the to help the the villagers, you know, hold off the raiders, or should we should we you know play our cards close and and not send them? And so you, as a as a faction within the government, you're trying to make certain things happen. So as you play through the game. It um, there's this unfolding story that goes along. So like it's uh, you know risk legacy, pandemic legacy, uh, are all games kind of in that in that genre. And so the King's Dilemma is one that I'm I'm looking at picking up maybe. What kind of game so, is it? It's a it, what do you mean? It's a legacy game. Okay. So okay, I still don't. 
okay, because I haven't played one, I still don't, I, okay, I understand the concept of, like, okay, in, in whatever we're doing, it's like, I'll put a sticker down here, or whatever, and it's like, forever, but mm-hmm. I, I still don't understand, like, uh, is it worker placement, or, you know, whatever, well, I think that's uh, legacy is kind of a uh, a genre that kind of goes beyond worker placement. Um, so, like, there's I'm sure there are worker placement games that could have a legacy element to them, um, but this you're just kind of you're you're voting about what what the you, you know what you're going to advise the king to do, um, and so uh, in an individual game, you pick a secret goal. And then you're trying to kind of manipulate the um, kind of the 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 forecast of the kingdom to look in a way that's favorable you favorable to you to win that particular game. And then based on whatever happens in that game, then that kind of changes elements for a future game. So like uh, like in Risk Legacy, there's the the rule goes that when uh, somebody uses, you know, amount of markers on one battle in one particular region, you're supposed to open up this container and do what it says in there. And so that changes the board. There are some... Yeah, you can even have things like, you can no longer go to this city. Yeah. So that's kind of how the, what the legacy element of a game is, is it, it changes the, the way the game is played in fundamental ways. So Hmm. I... uh, Granted, I don't know that much about the King's Dilemma, but um, I watched the Shut Up and Sit Down review of it, and I thought that looks pretty cool. The Shut Up and Sit Down. Okay. Mm-hmm. A, a YouTube reviewer. Yes. All right. Okay. Just just curious. All right. So, um, yeah. And the next thing we had was... Oh, yeah. I this one came completely past my radar. That's why it's on here. It's code word Crom, Cromwell, the German invasion of England, July sorry June eight nineteen forty. And this is a twenty fourteen game. This is a kind of what if game uh, that looks to be kind of down to the squad level and just interesting. I discovered it and uh, yeah, we'll post board game leak, board game geek link in the uh show notes and uh yeah it comes from fifth column games you heard of this richard at all no i haven't heard of this game i like the um the uh quality i guess you could say of the uh components and uh whatnot and uh yeah just seems kind of neat uh the uh little known fact the the film bed knobs and broomsticks was based on a uh code word crime law uh scenario really yeah and no what, what was the scenario like okay we activate the witches that are that are hiding <laughs> in the in the area they come in and they turn the krauts into like you know toads or something i'm just i'm trying to cement my place as the dumbass of the podcast <laughs> uh, no well no it's it's yeah it's just interesting uh yeah it's fascinating uh okay the uh, next thing we had was uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics is announcing the legacy thing for the character continuity across tables. And, uh, I mean, basically it's like, uh, it's just giving you rules to take your 
character from a funnel, you know, on to, you know, playing it mm-hmm. into another game and, and whatnot. I, and I really like Dungeon Crawl Classics for what it is in the sense that you start playing with, like, four different characters and, like, three of them are probably going to die and uh, you'll take whoever survives on to the game and just kind of continue forward. And so, yeah. So, just so it's kind of, of a zero-level... Like, you start out as a zero-level character or a band yes, of zero-level yes, characters. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you start with four because probably only one is going to make it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just think that's neat. Uh, look, it... I it's fascinating to me because I never played any of these role playing games that that old school Renaissance really really likes, but I'm playing them now, and I'm find finding them fascinating. Like okay, this is how I want to play. Like where it's quote unquote crunchy, like mm-hmm. where I can do this and possibly die, you know. And yeah, I just I dig it, you know. It's not complex. It's it's bloody and yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, eh, just me. <laughs> just kind of you know how things are going. So, but yeah, it's uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics is kind of giving you a thing where you can take your character that you may have done at a convention funnel and then kind of keep it and run it through some other stuff. And uh, there you go. So anyway. Uh, the next thing we had was Dadgum, I cannot get this thing to load. This is Twilight Game... Twilight Wars. Twilight Wars. Yes. Yeah, I just found out about this today, so I don't have a lot of information about it, but it's it looks like it's a way to play Twilight Imperium 4 online, um, which is fascinating oh. to me because it's hard for me to obviously get a group together right now with COVID and everything, and um, if, I could, if I could play Twilight Imperium by email or something like that, it would definitely be a way to do it. Yeah, you do you have, have my to attention. Own, you do have to own a copy of it because they ask you for your your proof of purchase. So hopefully you saved that and it's in the box with the other stuff. But um, mm. I'm I'm looking forward to trying this out coming up. Yeah, of course I don't have a copy of it. Yeah, yeah, it does say you have to have a copy. So I don't know if not. I, I literally have not seen this played at all. Game. Yeah, maybe. I have no idea. Because um, I, I just found out about this, so I haven't been able to play a game and see what the interface looks like or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sounds really cool to me. I'm looking forward to giving it a try. All right. Well, okay. Right. Uh, tell, tell me this, because I thought you could already do this on, like, Board Game Arena or, or something you could do Twilight. Probably not BGA. I, I think they do have a module for it on Tabletop Simulator. But Tabletop Simulator is definitely not something you can do by email. Tabletop Simulator, you have to be live. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, Twilight Imperium is a 8, 10, 12-hour game. I don't know that I could make it that long. And uh, Let me say this. I don't think I've ever made it that long in Tabletop Simulator without the app crashing on me. You know, I've hmm. Tabletop Simulator is better than it used to be, but... I, even Star Wars Legion at two to three hours, I'm a little afraid to play it on it because if it crashes, it's just gone. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no save game you can load or anything. You're just done, and it's frustrating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, I've been very interested in this game. Um, I got interested in it with uh, COVID 
which means yeah. you know you can't play it. And of course, I've been aware of it. You know, everybody's playing it, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, post COVID, I'd be very interested in playing. So, if I could do this online, yeah. So yeah, this is it's a great, it's a great, great game. I usually play it a couple times a year at my house. Obviously, didn't at all last year. Um, hopefully, I will later this year. But I would definitely play it even more if I could play online. All right. So do you, I mean. Do I have to pay anything besides just? I don't. I don't think so. I think you just have to say you just have to show that you have a copy of the game. So if you don't, you can maybe finagle a uh, proof of purchase out of someone that is not going to use this website. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see. All right. So uh, moving on to actual news, Games Workshop previews the Water Guild for Necromunda, and I just thought this was neat based on the guy on the right that you can see in the show notes. He is uh, in a big suit, and he has all these little um, injections of what I'm going to assume is Brondo. You know, <laughs> it has the electrolytes that plants crave, and uh, yeah. So just kind of neat miniatures as, uh, you know, Games Workshop always produces. So, you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the next thing we had was His Majesty the Worm, a tarot-based dungeon crawler that is in development. And I guess, maybe, I don't know, I should put this on, you know, what's on your radar, but there you go. He's got a, uh, a page for it over on, uh, itch.io, and, uh, yeah, he is going to make this. I Look, I love tarot and just the... You're seeing a lot of this in OSR that, you know, people are doing games based on tarot or using tarot cards that, you know, just cause different stuff to happen here and there. And, yeah, just thought this was neat. And the mm-hmm. artwork's kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, just going to bring it to your attention. It's right here. So, yeah. yeah. A lot of people like using cards in general instead of dice um, just because they feel like the dice hate them and maybe the cards don't. Yeah, <laughs> always, always the dice hate you. So there you go. Uh, the next thing we had was Barrow Maze, Dwaro Deep. This is OSR or and or fifth edition. They're doing another mega dungeon based on this. And uh, Greg Gillespie is he created the Barrow Maze dungeon that I've talked about before. That I'm actually looking up and I can see it on my shelf there. I have Barrow Maze complete. And the Forbidden Caverns of Arcana, all both by him, and this is kind of a uh, another thing that he's doing. So, as of this podcast, you let's see, he wanted a measly eight grand. He's up to forty five grand, and with ten days left to go. Okay, so there's some there's some pie in the sky pledge levels here. I don't know Ooh, if you noticed that. Let's scroll down. Let's see. All right. Canadian six 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 hundred sixty six dollars. <laughs> what is best in life to have all five OSR Mega Dungeon books and PDFs to create a new monster and illustration for Dwaro Deep, and to hear the lamentations of your players. Receive a code for the at cost print and shipping via Drive Through RPG. Uh, and then, okay. Oh, go ahead. Well, uh, I was just thinking for that amount of money. He's got okay. Nobody has jumped on this. Uh, yeah, and I, and I really think that's kind of why is 
there's nothing extra. And I, I think it's kind of, you know, I think you can buy all those for less than $666, but that's just me. I don't mm -hmm. know. And well, but if you want if you want to be a patron, though. That's true. I guess. If you really love Greg and you want, like, more Greg stuff, this is what you want to do. Yeah. But the the next level, uh it, okay, it also doesn't have any backers. It's at a grand. It's at nine 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 and it's essentially the same thing. Uh I mean that kind of sucks. It's like nobody want you know, nobody's wanting to jump in. However, the previous level from the six 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 one is hundred and fifty dollars Canadian and uh looks like you get this the uh the osr drawer deep and um well yeah it's just the map and the book and whatever he's got six people doing that so i don't know i guess he was just kind of looking for people to just be a patreon and kind of sucks they didn't didn't get it but he's still he's up like 45 grand with 10 days left to go so you know mm -hmm. whatever there you go I find this interesting because it's based on the quote-unquote Labyrinth Lord system, which I have ended up buying to play Barrow Deep because I am a sucker for um, multi-level giant dungeons. So, mega dungeons, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I'll actually end up backing this at some point... But, let's see, what do I want? I want, I don't want PDFs. I need a physical copy, preferably with the PDFs, which is going to cost me, let's see, uh, for 50, oh boy, I think it's going to cost me 80 Canadian. Gives me the OSR hardcover and PDFs, which is $64 American. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's a great thing, or maybe I should wait and just pick it up later. But, you know, there you go. Anyway. The next thing we have was Summoner's Wars, which we talked about this a good bit on this uh, show. But we've never... I don't think we've ever actually played it. I think we just talk about it. No, I haven't played it. I've, I've looked at it before, and I've played... There's another game... It's a similar game, but it's not this one um, that I have played. And they, they both look interesting to me. Um, but I just saw, yes, second edition coming out. And they're going to go up for pre-order pretty soon. So it's an old game. I mean, it's been around for a while. And uh, I guess it's I guess it's pretty popular. Although, like you said, none of us have played it. Oh, so. yeah. I, I think I've played this one time. It's a card was, game, basically. Yeah. yeah. You know. I couldn't. Tell, oh. I, I mean, I played it, but I couldn't tell you how like how it works. I know it works on a grid, and uh, yeah, and uh, I guess I don't know. It seems like they'll probably kickstart it because that's what all the cool kids are doing. So we'll see. <laughs> all right, the next thing we had was White Dwarf Four Sixty Two from Games Workshop includes twelve free Warhammer PC games, and Dad Gummit, I. Pro I, look, honestly, I probably already own at least 8 to 10 out of all of these. But, um, yeah, uh, they were completely sold out um, at my local store. 
Oh, wow. Because of the, the, the code? Yeah. You get 12 okay. codes for 12 PC games, including Vermintide 2, Warhammer Quest, Talisman, Space Marine, Warhammer Quest 2, Chaos Conquest, Armageddon, Dawn of War, Warhammer, Shadow War, Shadow Worlds Online, Adeptus, Titanicus, Dominius, Dominius, uh, Space Wolf, Total War, Warhammer, Total War, Warhammer, Gate of something or other, and uh, Sanctus Reach. Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, it's a really good deal, especially if you were just going to buy the magazine anyway. But, uh, yeah, they were completely sold out locally. So, and, um, and I'm not really going to kind of chase it down and seek it out because I'm pretty sure I have nine to ten of these anyway, if not all of them. So, uh, yeah. So, if you see it in your local shop, it's worth you picking it up because you can get a lot of video games. We've talked about this, uh, on the show anyway. Games Workshop is really like, licensing everything and like oh yeah here you guys go here's a video game that you may or may not want or you may want it we'll just do it half-ass or whatever so you know anyway so uh the next thing we have the evil as asmo day has bought plan d plan b games which allows them to take control of azul and Century. It's like, gum. they're taking over everything, and uh, to me, what really sucks about it is, like, um, I mean, I get it, you want to make money, and this, that, and the other, but can you, like, control yourself with, like, the Star Wars license? Can you not half-ass the Star Wars Legion releases and, you know, just our availability and how difficult it is to get stuff before you buy some other company? I don't know. I'm, uh, well, I think part of the problem is is that Asmodee is not... They're not... It's, it's a venture capital group. So, I mean, they're trying to squeeze every dollar they can out of their properties rather than just, like... Hey, I made this company because I like games. Very well, true. <laughs> Day's thing is I built this company because I like money. Yes. They're like, why? So you, that's why? that's what it is. It's like, okay, Roy, why did you form this company? It's like, because I like eating steak. I, I love yeah. being rich. And, you know, because I wanted a second yacht. Or, or <laughs> even better, it's like I wanted a yacht that had a um water feature that included a smaller yacht in it and that's <laughs> that's that's why that's why i'm doing this so you know uh, look i mean i get it i understand that's why they're doing it but i don't think it's very good for the consumer so you know and uh yeah uh-huh. we'll see I'm trying to think Azul, which, I mean, Dora the Explorer taught me that means blue, and we've talked about this on the show. It's a tile-laying uh, game. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. I can't think a single thing about Century. That's the Century one. Spice There's Road. a few of them, yeah. There's, yeah, a, like, there's... a series of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, the, the first one is great, the second one is less, and the third one I have never played. But I hear people kind of I don't know, not caring for it very much. 
But I love the first one. I don't know. And uh, the next thing we had is, okay, Gen Con is, they surfaced. They were like, hey, guys, oh, yeah, well, you remember us? It's been a while. You want to hear us talk? Okay, here we go. Um, we're going to, like, you know, you know how we originally were going to do something August in 5, 8, you know? But, okay, now we're doing September 16th through the 19th. So, yeah. Is that the same weekend as yours? No, no, no. Mine, mine's, okay, that's mine's good. in October. Because I know you two, you two are like fierce competitors. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, look, all right. Uh, the first big controversy of them doing this in September 16th to the 19th was, I think, Origins is like a week or two later. But oh. what, what came out on Twitter is, and I'm sorry, I. I don't mean to be racist and man and man, okay and man this is where Roy and I distance ourselves oh, from yes. the comments that are about yes. to come out. Oh God, the yes. Day of Atonement. Oh my God, and and man alive is that a weird sentence to say? I don't mean to be racist, but I don't. But but oh my God, uh, I don't understand. Um. Apparently, there is a Jewish holiday. It is the Jewish holiday. Is well, it? yeah, I mean, it's it it's because the Jewish calendar and our calendar are not exactly synced because they use a lunar calendar and then a solar calendar. They move around a little bit. But yes, always sometime around then, or like there's like three major Jewish holidays, right, in a row. Okay, so that's the thing. And, and well, my, Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur. Yom and... Kippur and then Sukkot a couple weeks after that. Okay. So, okay. Sukkot's not as big, but Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are huge. Okay, so what I'm saying is because I live in the South where there's like <laughs> the... Uh, not a whole lot of Jewish people. There, There's not. There's not a whole lot of Jewish people. There's the Baptist Church and that's about it. Um, you know, it's... I, I didn't understand this part, so this is what I'm just saying. I'm saying I don't understand it. So uh, apparently, in September sixteenth through the nineteenth is in a in the middle of a big Jewish holiday, and that has caused a little bit of a kerfuffle, enough mm -hmm. that people mm -hmm. have talked about like, well, maybe Gen Con will change their dates, and I was like, oh, okay, mm, yeah, I, I I cannot see that happening. Yeah. And I, I've, I'm guessing that this was as good as they could come up with. Yeah, yeah, I mean, especially after having to cancel last year and postpone this year. Yeah. Right. I mean, it'd be one thing if they did this. If next year they did it, then, yeah, that'd be different. But it's a one-time thing. Because, uh, I mean... Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, okay, without the Jewish holiday, what was being said is uh, they're going to operate at a much smaller capacity, less people, less vendors, etc., etc., etc. And, and hybrid. And and yes, it's hybrid. You know, they were going to do, oh, it'll be online and blah, 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 and, and whatever. So those of us plebes down here in Mississippi are talking about, oh, wow, you know, are we going to go? What does this look like? Can we actually get a hotel? Et cetera, et cetera. And then they were like, oh, wait, it's on this weekend with this big Jewish holiday. Maybe they'll change it. I don't know. So the whole thing is really, really confusing to to me, you know, down here. But that's... What I think is interesting, and I guess, I mean, it's understandable, but they're not even saying how big it's going to be, though. 
because they don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're not saying like 20,000 or 30,000 or 10,000 or whatever, which usually it's what, 50,000? Or is uh, it bigger? I think 50 is the average. I think yeah. they, for the 50th anniversary, they hit over 60. Yeah. So what they're talking about now is half that. But still, I I don't I don't understand and and what that means and whatnot. So so uh, I mean I know here it's like me and my friend Chris are like, uh, well we want to try to go, but what does that mean? You know, it's like can we get a hotel room? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And then you know when we were in the middle of all this, it becomes the oh guys. Apparently, they're in the middle of this big Jewish holiday. You know, what does that mean? Are they going to change things? And we're, you know, and like I said, it's like here we are in Mississippi. We, I don't know what big Jewish holidays are outside of what uh, uh, Hanukkah, you know, because they're, they're, this is Yom Kippur is bigger than Hanukkah. Yes, yes. I mean, well, if you're, again, hopefully not, not trying to offend anyone, but. If you are a religious Jew, Yom Kippur is a bigger deal. If you're just sort of a cultural Jew, Hanukkah might be a bigger deal because you might go see your family then. So, I mean, it's the same way with with Christians. There's, you know, Christmas versus Easter. That kind of mm-hmm. thing would probably be a fair comparison. I and like I said, it's like I'm not trying to be offensive. It's like I honestly don't know. It's because here in the Deep South, there's not a large. Yeah. Jewish population that I don't... They you know, came down there about 50 or 60 years ago, and from what I heard, you guys weren't too friendly to them. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, sure. I, I completely believe that. But yeah, it's it's like I don't know enough enough to go like, okay, well, this is... A, this They're coinciding with Yom Kippur or whatever. It's like, cause, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, what is that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway. I, I thought... That uh, Rosh Hashanah was much better before Bowser left. <laughs> so uh, I'll see myself out. Ah, so you know, there we go. So uh, I don't know what to do with that. We'll see. We'll continue to go, and yeah, there we go. Anyway, so uh, the next one we had was Unconventional Warfare from Atomic Mass Games. This is the company that has picked up uh, the Star Wars license from FFG, and they are put putting out this nice rule list for you to combine Star Wars Armada, X-Wing, and Legion all into one particular game slash campaign. So, that sounds like a con weekend. Yeah. I guess so, which may or may not be at, you know, um, Gen Con or Siege of Vicksburg, you know, whatever you want to do there. And, uh, yeah, just kind of interesting because, I mean, we've all thought it. We all have since they came out with all these games. Like, well, what if we did an Armada game that allows you to kind of bring stuff into system and then when it got, like, really focused, we switched to an X-Wing game and then, like, whatever made it onto the ground, we switched to a Legion game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So they finally kind of thought about that, and uh, there you go. It's unconventional warfare. So, yeah. Hopefully it uh, leads into something big. I will say, uh, at least, you know, anecdotally, the big thing is, like, you know, 
Star, you know, X-Wing. People still playing that, you know, but whatever. I don't know. Uh, I will say, you know, in all this, they also announced some really cool stuff. Uh, Master Yoda. Yeah, I looked all over for pictures of the stuff that they released, and I didn't find that much. Look, uh, Master Yoda is coming for... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's coming. Okay, and a couple of droids are coming, but I don't watch, like, uh, Rebels or whatever, and uh, so I don't know what that is. They are bringing Wookiees into Clone Wars, so that's coming. And, uh, yeah, of course, the... So, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm wondering about what factions these are going to be playable for. Like the Wookiees, can you play them with Rebels? Ooh, I don't know. Is I think they or are. They... I think they're Wookiees for the Clone Wars faction. Okay, for the Grand Army. Yeah, and I think Master... and that'll be Yoda also. Yeah, I think Master Yoda is for that as well. And then you yeah. get two like droid characters for the the one is a, it's a tactical droid. All right, what is the is guy? The first with, one? What is the guy with the big stick? That's uh, uh, oh, he's that like part a, of the the guard yeah, of uh, Grievous. Yeah, he would be kind of like the the droid equivalent of the Imperial Guard. Oh, okay. All right. So, is the Yoda figure? Is that going to come with two models? Okay, I don't understand that either. It's because it shows two pictures of him. It's like one. Yeah, two where, different poses. Yeah, and so, one is Grogu. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Could be. Could be. It's like, look, I yeah, I look. I really want a Bill Burr, um, uh, scout, no. scout trooper marksman. I would, you know, really freaking appreciate that. You know, as a, um, you know, uh, what? I wonder if they're going to integrate any of these, any of the characters from the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, they will. I mean, honestly, they kind of have. to. I don't know. I mean, that's that's after because right now the the latest the game goes is the is empire versus rebels and mandalorian takes place after all of that so oh, yeah. i don't know if they will or not it's it'd be I mean, every it's, every it's, character from there except for cara dune yeah ah. i mean you know how it is it's one of those things where they could easily say you know what fans want it put it in there why not and then there's going to be a non-zero number of star wars fans that are going to rub the cheeto dust off their hands and hit their keyboards like a bunch of maniacs <laughs> The uh, like the uh, um, the blurgs would be kind of fun to have, yeah. As a, you know, mounted with um, what are the what's his name? I have spoken. What I forget. He's what sort of a character or what sort of creature he was? Oh yeah, what, I'm throwing a blank on the name. The anyway. Ugnot. Ugnot, yes. Yeah. Look. So Ugnot infant or Ugnot cavalry. Look. Nick, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick Nolte uh, voiced him. Which I found yeah. fascinating, and uh, yeah. yeah, he's those weird pig things from um, what was it, Empire Strikes Back? They were in Empire, yeah, yeah. So, and Job, Job, no, they were in Cloud City. Yes, with so, uh, Lando, yep. Camorian guards. Well, they, yeah, they weren't Camorians, but they were whatever the they were the smaller pig things. So you know, there you go. yeah, so, I don't know, just the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, so I guess that's it. Is that the end of the show? Is that, is that I think so. so. Is that all we got? Are we going to record it this time? 
Well, I mean, we we absolutely uh, tried. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is this if, none if, of this? If you hit our Patreon at the million dollar level, then you'll get to hear the last episode, which is just me and Roy <laughs> responding to Adam's comments, and you can't hear Adam at all. I mean, we'll uh, we'll get to. Uh, Famed voice actor. Um, <laughs> oh shoot, who's the guy? Nick that... Nolte. Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Look, I swear to you, at the million dollar level, yes, fuck yeah, I'd get me, I'd get Nick Nolte, no problem. I feel like <laughs> yeah, I could I'm get it. I'm pretty him. sure you could. It's like a, the, you, they have those like celebrity greetings where you can like pay the celebrity anywhere cameo. Yeah. X and a thousand X dollars to. Yeah, Nick Nolte, he's probably in, like, that 250 range. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Quarter of a million dollars? Yeah, he'd come on there. It's like, wait, what? what, what is the podcast? Because he's that old. <laughs> he'd be like, what's the podcast? And it's like, oh, well, I got a quarter of a million dollars. He's like, eh, well, yeah, as long as I don't have to say anything, you know, horrible. Yeah, I'll, I'll come on your show. Sure. I, I for really $450, th- you can get Chuck Norris. I, re- I really, th- for 450 bucks? Okay. Well, I'm just th- I'm just thinking for like a quarter of a million dollars, I could get Nick Nolte for for like a whole hour, wouldn't you think? I mean, shit, it's a quarter of a million. Dollars. Pretty sure you could, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For an hour, he's like, guys, I do not know what Star Wars is. I I don't know. Nor do I care as long as the check clears. Advanced squad leader, <laughs> what are you even talking about? You know, it's like, that's fine. You just do that. You just, I want you to respond that way. Like, what is this? I don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I do that. So, okay. So, um, yeah, as the way we're recording this now, hopefully it works. This is our exit music. So, there you go. Which is, uh, okay, we started with, uh, if I should fall from the grace of God with the Pogues. This is exit music for a film which is originally done by Radiohead, but this is the cover version by Raman Derwaldi from the Westworld soundtrack. So, I don't know. Hopefully all this works, or I'm just going to look like a gigantic asshole when I try to, you know, edit it later. And, uh, yeah, so, I like it. (laughs) I'm hoping it works. And look, what I had originally was just fantastic. I had all these, like... You know, when we Google something, I had, um, what do you call it, uh, the Jeopardy music, you know, yeah. we, and we're trying to live Google something, and um, I had uh, the radar music, you know, signs and sonar and all this stuff, but it all fucked up right before I started it, yeah, so I'm hoping this works, but I don't know. It may be like a month before you actually hear us in doing a show. And so, I don't know if we'll see. It is that. So, alright. I guess we'll say goodbye now. Something like that. Happy trails. Uh, bye bye. <laughs>